You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's good? Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am Blair Angulo. I hope everyone enjoyed the college football playoff championship. Uh, We're officially in the offseason, but it's not the offseason. We're going to keep going over at 24-7 Sports. We've got National Signing Day coming up in February. A lot to be decided still. And we're bringing on Mike Roach, the recruiting editor for Horns 247, to discuss Steve Sarkeesian's first few days in Austin, Texas. Texas. Mike, first of all, how are you doing? I'm good, Blair. How are you? Not too bad. I, I I see you. We're doing a little Zoom action. You've got a playoff beard. I was joking with you earlier <laughs> that you, you look like one of those defensemen, right? The guys that you don't want in the penalty box. <laughs> yeah, I try to keep it long during the winter, keep my face warm, and then we'll, we'll trim it up during the summer. So the wife likes it. So uh, I try to stay compliance with that i mean playoff beards typically mean right that that the players aren't shaving until they're eliminated the offseason is here and you're 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 going strong my friend you've got steve sarkeesian news right and we'll we'll touch on that texas uh landed its big commitment earlier this week from armani winfield we'll talk uh, we'll talk about that in the 2022 class uh and then you were uh, out and about last weekend at a big seven on seven tournament there in the Dallas area. Let's start with Steve Sarkeesian to Texas. We haven't had you on since the news dropped. First of all, what was your initial reaction? And and from a recruiting standpoint, what did you what did you think the reaction of recruits, their parents, their families, their coaches, and and how this was received there in the state of Texas? When questions about Tom Herman's job originally came up, it became very clear that the the target was going to be Urban. Meyer. I was always really dubious of the fact that they were going to be able to get Urban Meyer. I just thought it was going to be too difficult. And and I know so, like back in December, I saw somebody tweet like Texas is going to shoot for Urban Meyer and end up with Steve Sarkeesian. I, and I started thinking to myself, that's not that bad. I'm of the opinion, you know, there's there's an opinion here in Texas that you can't hire coordinators to do this job. And yet Lincoln Riley was a coordinator. Ryan Day was a coordinator. Dabo Swinney was a, a wide receivers coach. I mean, it's it's it happens all over college football. I think if you hire the right guy who can put together, and, and the most important thing is putting together the right staff, you know, I think that that's what really matters. So I was always on board kind of with Sarkeesian as, as the guy, like maybe the second uh, candidate after Urban Meyer and had always heard really good things about him as a recruiter and, and continued to. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that a rollout could have gone any better either with, um, you know, having the announcement, having the week lead up to the national championship game, and then the performance that he put on in the national championship game. You know, I mean, it, it was enough to land him a recruit at halftime of the game who basically called and said, all right, I've seen enough. I want to be part of this in Austin. So yeah, I mean, the, the reaction's been really positive. You know, over the weekend at that tournament, I was asking guys and, you know, Blair ran into a couple of your guys from the islands and from from Utah, from uh, LA, and they were all, almost more positive, I think, and probably because there's a lot more familiarity out there with Sarkeesian from his his time at, at Washington and USC. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a new day here, here in Texas, and I, I think there's a lot of excitement in the air. There's always a honeymoon period when a new coach 
coach arrives at a new destination from a recruiting standpoint, right? It seems like they can do no wrong. And, and it seems like uh, every offer is monumental. And, and especially now that Sarkeesian is going to be taken over and, and bringing in his own guys and bringing in a staff that's going to be out and, and sending out offers. I think it's going to be very important for him in the, in the next few months to capitalize on that honeymoon period, right? I, I think when your name is hot and, and when I think the new cycle is still spinning positivity your way, you have to capitalize on that. And, and I think obviously his recruiting process and how he approaches players in the state of Texas will be under a microscope. It's going to be obviously under the, the magnifying glass. But but I always look, and you mentioned it there, I always look at Sarkeesian's impact out West, right? And what he was able to do to attract talent to Alabama via Bryce Young, a former five-star quarterback from Southern California, who you know essentially went to Tuscaloosa because Sarkeesian was going to be his play caller. I think his potential out West is going to be a big component for Texas moving forward. They already have a guy like B. John Robinson on campus who can be an example of, of what a player from the West Coast can go and do in, in that conference and in Austin. You mentioned his ties in the Pacific Northwest. He was a former coach at Washington. Also, the quarterback at BYU and Utah right now is, is seeing a boon of talent. You, you, there's possibly two, maybe three first-round draft picks out of the state of Utah in this upcoming NFL draft. So I think that's going to be a key component for Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, I and you know, talking to the big name guys who are out here in Dallas, CJ Williams, four star receiver from Modern Day, uh, Relique Brown, the the five star running back from Modern Day, and uh, Larry Turner Gooden, the the four star DB. I mean, all those guys were very very high on Sark and. Um, you know, whether it be from his time out west or his time recruiting out west for Alabama, he certainly has a cert, uh, you know, a type of cachet out there that 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 resonates right now. And like I said, I mean, I I just don't know that it could have gone better than him being center stage Monday night in the national title game, calling that offensive, you know, that offensive uh, masterpiece. And I think that. It's going to be, you know, I like you said, now is the time to really, I, I wrote this yesterday on the site, now is the time to really go big game hunting because the buzz around him right now, unless he, you know, wins multiple titles at Texas, is likely never going to be as big as it is right now. And so um, I think it's time you take some shots, you go after Quinn Ewers again and you try to win him back. I think you take some shots at rivals. You go after guys like Luther Burden who are committed to Oklahoma and, and at least try to make them a little bit uncomfortable. I'm not saying you're going to get those guys, but now's the time to to really get it out there and, and get the word out that, hey, this what you saw Monday night is coming to Austin, at least the offense. And, uh, you know, we want you to be a part of it and, and you could be part of the turnaround. And that's always like one of the greatest things to sell um, in college football recruiting. Yeah, without a doubt. Like like I mentioned with the honeymoon period, you know, the Ohio States, the Alabamas, the Clemson's, you know, the, the the staying powers in college football right now, they're selling NFL development. They're selling a potential to win a college football championship. Uh, the Texases, the, the schools with new head coaches, they have to sell being a part of, of a revolution of sorts, right? Or, or being a part of, of a turnaround. And I think that's a, a big selling point for Steve Sarkeesian. It's going to be a rebirth for him as well and getting kind of a fresh start, getting a, a new uh, look on, on things at a head coaching position. And I think it's going to be, uh, you know, pretty important. I, I, I do feel like it's a fit not only for him, but it's a fit for Texas. And I think it's going to be a, a really good marriage. I'm really interested to see how everything shakes out. I know you were really tuned in and, and and really in in tune with kind of what was happening under Tom Herman, you know, losing recruiting battles, maybe not developing players on the field as you know maybe you would hope that a, a 
program like Texas would be able to develop players. What's one thing that you feel Sarkeesian needs to do on top of recruiting in-state that can propel him forward and really get this program over the hump? Uh, they've got to win up front. Uh, they've just lost too much on the offensive line. And specifically in 2021, where Texas was loaded with offensive line prospects, whether it be Tommy and James Brockermeyer, who were legacies to Texas, ended up in Alabama, Donovan Jackson going to Ohio State, Ruben Fothery going to Texas A&M, and, and Texas A&M winning the lion's share of, of big name recruits in-state on the offensive line. You know, they've got to turn things around there. I think that, that that's really the biggest thing. But what I'm most interested in is to see how involved Steve Sarkeesian is as a head coach recruiter, because talking to people around the program, talking to recruits, it was very clear. You know, I was told by a number of kids over the, over the years that, you know, we really love Texas, but that's where we wanted to be. We really had a great relationship with the position coach who was recruiting us, but we never felt like we knew Tom Herman. We felt like we knew Lincoln Riley. We felt like we knew Jimbo Fisher. We felt like we knew Ed Orgeron. I mean, those guys called us regularly, but, you know, we never really spoke to Tom Herman that much. So I'd like to see, you know, I mean, like it, it was said to me by an assistant one day that, you know, a head coach has to recruit on the daily. And, and that's what a guy like Nick Saban does. It's what a guy like Lincoln Riley does, what a guy like Ryan Day does. But, um, you know, I think Herman saw himself as more of a closer. Why don't you guys get him to the finish line and I'll get him over the finish line type of thing. And, and in the end, it just didn't work out. And, you know, the other thing I, I think I would point out, too, is I'd like to see him get a little more aggressive um, on offers. I think there is a, a natural tendency to say this is the University of Texas and we want our offer to mean something. And, you know, we only offer the best. And, and But dynamics of recruiting have changed. And I think that too many times I've heard from kids, I really want to go to Texas, but they just offered me too late. You know, that was just it was just way too many. So uh, I'll be interested to see kind of how the overall recruiting philosophy changes in the next couple of months here. Yeah, I think that method is is an appropriate one if you're winning championships, right? And you can offer late and, and jump into a recruitment late. But if you're always going to be in those battles, a lot of the time being there early is going to matter a lot. So it's going to be very interesting to see what Steve Sarkeesian is able to do in his first few months here at Texas. We're going to be back with more from Mike Roach here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am Blair Angulo. I just wanted to remind you guys to listen to the College Football Daily Podcast hosted by Trey Scott, as well as Late Kick with Josh Pate, both podcasts on the 24-7 Sports Network. They are all very football-oriented. You're obviously listening to a football recruiting podcast. And so if you want to get the full slate of things, make sure you can find those by searching College Football Daily and Late Kick with Josh Pate over at your favorite podcast platforms. Now, Mike, the big thing for Texas to kick off this week after Steve Sarkeesian uh, landed in Austin was to pick up a commitment. We touched on him earlier, Armani Winfield, a 2022 four-star wide receiver, 6'2", 180 from Louis Louisville, Texas, a top 100 player in the 2022 class, according to the composite, number 12 wide receiver in the country early on in the rankings, obviously very highly touted and highly regarded. What has stood out to you about Winfield and his potential in in college and beyond. 
Winfield plays at Louisville High School here in the Dallas area, so I'm very familiar with him. He's been a starter there since a fresh uh, his freshman year. And, um, you know, what really stands out to me is, uh, you know, long frame and, and a really polished route runner. He works with Margin Hooks, who uh, formerly played at BYU and played in the NFL and is one of the most well-regarded receiving uh, receiver trainers in the state of Texas. And, um, you know, he's just really polished in the way he can run routes and create separation. Natural hands catcher. It could get over the top of guys. And, um, you know, it's 6'2", but really long arms. And, and long, long torso and all those sorts of things. So, you know, I think he's really well put together. He's a guy that, look, we thought he was going to commit to Texas back uh, last summer. He's he's actually really close with Quinn Ewers. They they live in neighboring suburbs and and talk to each other a lot. And so, when Quinn originally committed to Texas, I think Armani was was supposed to be next. And um, you know, when Quinn D committed, that kind of slowed everything down. But he kept in contact with um with Andre Coleman, the the Texas wide receivers coach, who's being retained. And you know, through it all. Saw all he needed to see in a half of football on Monday night and, and called Andre Coleman and told him he wanted to commit. And I think with uh, Steve Sarkeesian after the game to officially take that commitment. Yeah, imagine being a receiver and, and watching that game and, and and watching what Devontae Smith was doing and knowing that you had an offer from the coach that's basically calling those plays. I think, you know, that kind of speaks for itself, right? Yeah, and, and that's kind of what Armani said was, look, this guy knows how to get playmakers the ball, um, and, and that's what kind of stood out to him. And um, I think, uh, man, I, I just can't say it enough. I know I've mentioned it a couple times, but you know, you always get the new coach bump in recruiting, but rarely do you get to show it off like what you can do before you are the head coach in one last nationally televised game, and I think at least for a little bit. The, what a great advertisement that was, right? On Monday night, everyone's tuned in, and, and you can kind of get a feel for what he wants that offense to look like in, in Austin. One key component of that offense potentially could be LJ Johnson. He's one of the top uncommitted prospects heading into the traditional signing day next month. He's a four-star running back from Cypress, Texas. I think the number two available player behind the number one prospect, JT Tuimoloao, a top 50 prospect nationally. What's the latest on LJ Johnson and what's your feel about him and, and his potential future at Texas? Yeah, so it's a really fascinating recruitment right now because LJ is one of the quietest kids in the state of Texas and and has, you know, for I guess the last month kind of cut off communication with the media. We've pretty much been going through his dad. So um, the feel and, and by the way, he also graduated uh, early, even though he didn't sign early. So the the what we know is at least his intentions are to pick a school and just enroll within the next week or two um, without any real fanfare or major announcement. So, um, you know, everybody's heads on a swivel a little bit trying to find out what we can. I think at last check, you know, Texas is kind of always held an advantage in this race. There was a time back in September where we thought it was going to be official. And then I think he pushed some things back and you know, we, we get to now and, and it was all a question of is Stan Drayton, the running backs coach who was recruiting him, going to be retained by Steve Sarkeesian? He was. So that was big for him as well. And the feeling always was he could have committed to AM at any point in time. And that's really who I mean, the other schools in his top five are definitely in it. But this really feels like it's coming down to an in-state battle between Texas and Texas A&M. And so, yeah, Texas always kind of held an edge, but in the last week, you know, Adams really pushed back on the momentum. Uh, where LJ Johnson's from in the Houston area, Cypress is a very, very heavy A&M area, uh, area. It's probably about an hour and 10 minutes from College Station. So 
he's getting a lot of pressure to to go to AM as well. Um, I think he really likes his relationship with Drayton. He really likes uh, the business school at Texas. So th- there's, a, there's a little bit of a split there. I do think he is truly torn. You know, right now, my, my crystal ball is still on Texas until I hear something different. But uh, yeah, it's definitely up in the air right now. That's going to be one to definitely monitor heading into February's signing day, that first Wednesday of February. Mike, before we let you go, I know in the past when you've been on the show, we've, we've maybe teased potential taco destinations for us here in Southern California. Uh, college football <laughs> or high school football isn't back yet. We don't know if it's going to be even played uh, this winter or this spring, but you've been pretty busy. Last weekend, you were at the Pylon All-American Experience there in the Dallas area. I know off-air, we were talking a little bit about how cool that was for some of the 2021 prospects that haven't had a season to finally go out and compete and, and do some stuff competitively and, and maybe win a trophy here or there and, and, and just, you know, kind of get back out there and, and and play a little bit. I mean, there weren't really any scholarships to be gained from this for, for the older players, but it, I'm sure it was still a fulfilling experience for a lot of them. Yeah, you know, I think the worst, I, I mean, we can all agree this class has had it the worst as far as recruiting goes. I mean, no official visits, no opening, no big camps, anything like that, and which are all a big part of, you know, these highly ranked kids' life. It's what they strive for. It's what they work for. And, and you know, we, you know how much fun those kids have being down at Under Armour or the All-American Bowl or something like that. And so I think that the the aim from Pylon, who's one of the leading seven-on-seven operators in the, in the country, was to kind of give these kids kids an experience that they would have at, a, at an All-American game. So they flew them down, they gave them some gear, you know, they got to go do some some activities and things like that. And then on Sunday at AT&T Stadium in Dallas, they were able to play a, a four-quarter seven-on-seven game. And it was a lot of fun, you know, I mean, watching those kids just be able to go out there and have have a lot of fun with it. And, you know, and, and they surrounded it with a tournament as well. So like I called it, the, it was funny that it was kind of the first chapter in 2021 for this next class that's going into their, you know, juniors and senior seasons. And it was the last chapter for a lot of these guys that was signing him. And there were some fairly big names there. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, the Michigan signee, Drake May, the North Carolina quarterback. I'm trying to think who else. Christian Dixon, uh, who's going to Michigan from from out in California. Um, and then our guy Titus Blair. I'm not going to uh, All right, I, I got you. I got you. I, we're going to the bullpen here. <laughs> Titus Mokiao Atimalala. And and he was flanked by his yeah. Hawaii teammate, Wyndon Ho Huli, who's headed to Nebraska. And both of them, I got to talk to both kids because you asked me to check with Titus after the game and just get some audio for you. Two of the nicest kids I've ever talked to in my life, really respectful kids. And I'm going to be a a huge fan of both of them and and watching their college careers, no matter where they go, just off that interaction. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think a lot of people got out. You know, it was, we got to be careful, right? Because we still want to take precautions with COVID and all those sorts of things to make sure. But it did feel like a little bit of a sense of normalcy for almost the first time in a year. So um, it was just back to being at a big tournament and um, talking to a ton of people and, and gathering a lot of uh, thoughts and insight and news and things like that. So it was it was a really good event. Let's hope it's it's the start of a, of a normalcy and a normal 2021 for, for us in the recruiting industry as we hopefully get out to events and, and see some of these recruits in person, you know, compete and, and you know, potentially continue to, to garner attention. Mike, thank you so much for joining us as always. 
No problem. And I did have uh, the great Brandon Huffman on our podcast last week, The State of Recruiting, to talk about Steve Sarkeesian. And we are uh, dreaming of a reunion at Tacos El Gordo in uh, in Las Vegas for Pylon. So we've got to all three make that happen at some oh, point. Oh, boy. Well, if we do, we're going to have to document it and then discuss it on, on this podcast. As well. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot, Blair. All right. That is Mike Roach. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike Roach 247 You could even send him maybe some maintenance suggestions for that playoff beer he's got going. <laughs> on thank you so much for tuning in to us this week remember to subscribe rate us and review us if you leave a five-star review with an, a recruiting question you've got a chance to have it answered on an upcoming mailbag episode that'll do it for us check back with us next week enjoy the next weekend of the nfl football playoffs Peace.